Good morning. It's good to be with you. Uh, it's good to be gathering uh, by the Spirit, uh, connected through this place, the First Presbyterian Church of Quincy. It is good to be together uh, for worship. Today is the first Sunday of Lent, so we have a lot going on, but uh, we will worship together. We will do this together um, here online, or if you feel so led and you feel safe, uh, on Sunday mornings at 11 on the soccer fields and in person this week, we will be celebrating communion because we got rained out last Sunday. But tomorrow, uh, Sunday morning, looks like it's going to be beautiful, uh, sunny, maybe a little bit chilly. So wear a coat to bring a blanket, but it should be a pretty morning and a good day to celebrate the sacrament together. I do have a few announcements I want to share with you before we uh, move into the body of worship. First, I do ask, as I do each week, that you remember all of those on your prayer list. Uh, last week, I did um, share, uh, I believe, with you that uh, Marsha Dean Mahaffey's husband, Jack, passed away uh, last weekend, so please continue to keep that family in your prayers and to remember um, that Jack is connected to this community as well. Uh, he was Billy Mahaffey's uh, first cousin, so, you know, prayers for an extended Quincy family, Florida family, a family that stretches uh, around uh, the country. Also, our across the street uh, neighbor John passed away uh, this last week very unexpectedly. So please uh, keep all those who loved him, keep back in your thoughts and prayers as well. Um, be ready to help in any way that you can. It's been a, a tough week for so, so many. Um, and the community has been heartbroken. So um, please uh, do lift up those prayers. Um, I did want to uh, mention something else about Lent. Not only are we uh, kicking off the Lenten season with communion, we are also um, starting to feed you again. So each Sunday morning, there'll be a Lenten breakfast. I think it's sausage biscuits this weekend, something like that. So uh, we started actually this past week for uh, Lent with Fat Tuesday and pancakes, and then we had a drive through imposition of the ashes and we gave you more food. And now if you're here on Sunday morning, you get breakfast as well. And that will happen every Sunday morning during Lent. Uh, another thing that is continuing is the Columbia Friendship Circle. I have mentioned that to you the last couple Sundays. We're still collecting offerings for that to send one check to Columbia for the Friendship Circle scholarships. So if you'd like to make such a donation, please send it in to the church. You can write a check to the church and just put Columbia Friendship Circle in the memo line. Uh, also, uh, as I re um, thank you each week, I thank you again uh, for continuing with your pledges, your tithes, and your offerings. Um, thank you so very much for sending those in or bringing them to worship on Sunday. Um, your generosity helps us to do for others. So thank you very much for that. Are there any other announcements that I missed? No? All right, thank you so much. Um, Lent means that uh, this year we are doing Lenten candles, kind of like an Advent wreath, but for Lent, kind of like the Advent tree that Lisa did um, 
something that she and the Christian Ed Committee uh, found and are, are helping uh, to teach about Lent this year, sharing with us. So I will turn it over to Lisa now that she might lead us through the extinguishing of a candle for the Lenten cross. Good. Today we start the first Sunday of Lent. And for Lent this time, we are gonna do some Lenten candles. As you can see, the cross has six candles on it for each of the six Sundays of Lent. I'm gonna read from um, Matthew 5, 18 and 19, and this is from the message. Just as one person did it wrong and got us all in trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God and put many people in the right. Now today, um, each week we will extinguish one of the candles. And as we extinguish the first candle, Lenten candle, we're reminded that we are all in sin, but God's gift of Christ has made us acceptable to God as a result. We can have eternal life. Even though sin ruled through death, God rules over us through Christ. Let us pray. O oh God, give us, give, we give you thanks, praise, and glory for your love and kindness shown through your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us this Lenten season to truly prepare our hearts for fellowship with you. Amen. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for that Lenten lesson, a reminder that um, we are welcomed into God's presence through the uh, person, through the deity, Jesus Christ. So thank you for that uh, lesson today. Again, uh, thank y'all for being here. Thanks to Scott and Tamara. Thanks to all of our section leaders, to Chris and Jenna and Ian, for everybody that's helping with music. Um, y'all make this possible. So uh, when you see those folks, say thank you to them. Um, a lot goes into to bringing worship together. Um, and I am glad that they are here. So again, friends, uh, blessings to you on this first Sunday of Lent. Now church family, friends and neighbors, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let us worship God with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you place tremendous responsibility upon those who follow you. You demand more than we are often willing to give. You promise no safety, only that the way will be rough. Make us ready and willing to walk your rocky path and carry your subversive word to hostile ears. Compassionate God, how easily you love those who look unlovable to us. How readily you welcome undesirables into your home. How slow we are to follow your example. Turn our hearts towards all who are considered outcast, shunned, and unclean, so that we might love our neighbor without pity or apathy. Help us to see our neighbors as you do. Change us so that we will know our neighbors as you do, as worthy of the same love, 
dignity and respect we would hope to receive ourselves. Inspire in us loving hearts that we would ably share the light of our faith, that all the actions of our lives might be an unspoken sharing of your compassion, kindness, generosity, honesty, patience, and peace. Lord, through your goodness, help us to heal your world and this community of illness, conflict, despair, all personal and systemic prejudice, poverty, and pain. And please give us the fortitude and strength to always act in good faith, that no matter our differences, we would always strive to seek the good in each other. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who in addition to everything else, also taught us to pray together this prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, let us continue our worship with special music for this Lenten season. contributing um, music for the season, and uh, it is appreciated. Uh, today we do have uh, extended readings from Scripture because I'm folding a little bit of Ash Wednesday into this first Sunday of Lent, which means that we have three different readings. The first is from the book of Psalms. It is the 15th Psalm. It's not very long, pretty short little psalm, and in it, the psalmist rhetorically asks, 
who may be in the presence of God? And then an answer is given. Hear now the word of the Lord. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart. Those who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors. Those in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord. Those who stand by their oath, even to their hurt. Those who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. The word of God for the people of God. The next two lessons are from the Gospel according to Luke. The first reading is from chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. The second is from chapter 10, verses 25 through 42. Uh, the first is the Ash Wednesday reading. And since Ash Wednesday was a little bit different this year, we didn't have that service. And when folks came by for the ashes, they kind of got a from dust we are formed, to dust we return as the ashes were placed on the forehead. We didn't get to talk about Ash Wednesday all that much, so we're folding it in a little bit into today by reading this passage from that day. After many healings and another misunderstanding amongst the disciples, Jesus makes his move towards Jerusalem. He is heading to Jerusalem. Hear now the word of the Lord. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, Jesus said, follow me. But they said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to them, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The word of God for the people of God. A lot going on in that passage. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but suffice to say, discipleship isn't easy. Following Christ is an intentional act. It's something we're called to do, and it's something that we need to work at. 
right? I mean, those last three interactions with, with those who were either called by Jesus directly or said, hey, I'm ready to follow. And as soon as Jesus said, come on, it was like, wait, but, but, what, one, but, it's not easy. It's never easy. It's worthwhile. All right, we'll move into chapter 10, verses 25 through 42. Uh, this comes after a lament. Jesus says to his disciples, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And then to increase the number of laborers, Jesus sent 70 to share the gospel, send them out into the countryside to share the gospel. They have returned, they have gathered. Jesus' face is still towards Jerusalem. They stop in a temple. Jesus is teaching, and this happens. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? The lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place, and saw him passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan while traveling came near him. and When he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put on his own animal, put this man on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Jesus asked the lawyer. He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. <clears throat> the word of God for the people of God. Ran out of gas there a little bit. 
So we have a song where the question is asked, how am I invited into the presence of the Lord? And the answer is given that you basically be a good human being. And then we move into the gospel according to Luke on this first Sunday of Lent. And we spend a little bit of time on the Ash Wednesday passage, which I included in part because of the way it fit with that next passage, because something happened in the first passage that makes the second passage interesting, I think. We all know the Good Samaritan. That's how we know that story. <clears throat> now, we don't know that story that way because that's the way Jesus called it. We know that story that way because the translators put over the top of that story a title. It wasn't a title assigned by Jesus. It was a title assigned by the translators of that parable and by the publishers of some of the translations of the Bible we might have. <clears throat> Mine, the one I, <clears throat> excuse me, struggling today, the one I read from doesn't have titles. This NRSV does not have titles. Now, sometimes it's nice to have a title. It gives you an idea where you're going, but it also shapes how you read and hear a story, doesn't it? So if you knew that second reading as the Good Samaritan, is it not interesting that in the first reading, the Samaritans in the village are portrayed as maybe not the bad guys, but certainly not welcoming or hospitable. And there's this one little thing in that passage that tells us why. Any idea? because Jesus turned his face to Jerusalem. Okay, what does that mean? Here's what it means. God's people for a time were separated into a Northern and Southern kingdom. And the Southern kingdom, the center was Jerusalem. The Samaritans are descendant from the Northern kingdom. There is antipathy between the people. If you want an example that maybe we know more about, um, think about Protestants and Catholics through history from the Reformation on. Think about the bloody conflicts in Northern Ireland. Think about the way Catholics were treated in this country, uh, a country that has thought of itself as a Protestant country, right? So there was some conflict between the groups, not to the point of violence and war, but there was certainly difference of opinion. And it's kind of like maybe even today, different denominations, you know, think more of or less of other denominations, right? There's just a difference of understanding. But James and John wanted to take it way beyond maybe where it should be when they said, Jesus, hey, 
let's rain fire down from heaven on these bums. They wouldn't let us come in. They didn't want to hear what you had to say. They must not be worth your love and your grace and God's care. And Jesus rebuked them because God's children are connected and a connection through God is stronger than any separation caused by national fervor, ideological zealotry, or theological understanding, right? And from that, as the Samaritans are part of that first story, we then get a brief lesson of how truly difficult it is to follow Jesus. Now we see the disciples stumble over and over and over again. They just did once again. Hey, Jesus, we know what you need to do. Fix them. And Jesus rebukes them. Well, now we see others approaching Jesus. Saying to him, I'm going to follow. I want to follow. And over and over, there's a but. I want to follow, but. And Jesus is saying to them, to us, that as his full attention was towards Jerusalem, he had set his face towards Jerusalem, he was determined to go to Jerusalem, even though he knew all that that would mean for him. It is also important that we put our face towards Christ, that we would give Christ our full measure of focus, determination, and yeah, even sacrifice. And that's kind of Lent in a nutshell. It's a time to refocus a time of determined effort, a time, a time of sacrifice for the sake of love. Now, this particular season of Lent follows a time of tremendous challenge and sacrifice and great loss already. So in my mind, in my heart, I don't think that this is the season to give up something else. I really don't. Don't give up sugar or candy bars or coffee or TV show or whatever. I don't think this is the year, this is the season of Lent to give up. I do think that this is the season that we really need to add something to each of our lives. And my suggestion to you is to add something that will feed your soul, it will make you appreciative of God's gifts. Don't give something up, add something to your life. Whether it's teaching someone about something you love, whether it is sharing something with somebody else, whether it is spending quality time with someone who needs a friend, or even if it's just adding 10 minutes of quiet reflection to your day, add something that will help you set your face towards Jesus. All right, the second lesson we have today, the young lawyer asks Jesus how he might inherit eternal life. And Jesus responds with the story of a traveler set upon by robbers. The last 
passage, we saw the Samaritans in one light. In this passage, a completely different light. A traveler set upon by robbers and left for dead. We look at this story, we consider this story. I wonder who we are in this story. I know who we like to think we are, but really who are we? Well, I think like the Samaritans are shown in one light in the previous passage and then another light in this passage, we all can be seen on our worst days and our best days and those days in between, right? So when we think about who we might be in this story, I would suggest sometimes we've been the hero, sometimes we've been the traveler, Sometimes we've been the people that walked by. Sometimes we've even been the robbers. And that's the wonderful thing about Jesus's parables. We can find ourselves in them in different places at different times. Now, almost always we, always we see ourselves as the hero at first, but over time, and if we are honest with ourselves, I think we see ourselves as both protagonist and antagonist, both good and bad, and everyone in between. And as our faith matures, sometimes we come to understand that even the bad, the wicked in the parables, they aren't just two-dimensional characters. Because they can't be. Because they are human, and God made human beings to be complex, kind of unpredictable. Think about the robbers. All we know is that they set upon this person, took his clothing, and left him for dead. Perhaps they're just evil. Perhaps they're just desperate. I don't know. We don't know. Why did the people walk by? Why did the priest and the Levite walk by? Perhaps they were hard-hearted. Perhaps they were terrified. Perhaps they were in a hurry to go somewhere else. Who We don't know. We don't know. Sometimes people struggle. Sometimes they don't show their best selves. And I think if we are thoughtful people, if we are people who will truly struggle with understanding God and our relationship with God and with each other, sometimes as we study the story of God and humanity and creation, and we take the time to see, hear, and for more fully know other people, sometimes we start to feel more comfortable with the fact that very, very few things in life are black and white. Most are varying shades of gray. Because when it comes to God and faith, we will always have more questions than answers. That's okay. But it also means we have to hold on to what we can definitely know about what God wants from us. And that is the lesson that Jesus used this parable to teach. We know that God wants this from us, that to love God fully and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We end with an interesting tag-on, add-on 
to these passages. We end with Mary and Martha. Now I know a bunch of Marys in my life and a bunch of Marthas in my life. I've been both. I know absolutely no one who is always a Mary or anyone who is all a Martha. We all have both in us because we are layered and complex creatures and because different days call for different things. And I'm sure Jesus gets that. However, Jesus also knows, and I believe with this teaching is trying to tell us this, that there are times, lots of times, when we would benefit from taking a few minutes to sit and spend quality time with him, with Jesus. When it's all too much, we should take a moment to sit with Jesus, speak things out loud, listen to our hearts, minds, and souls, what Jesus will share with us, say a prayer as a way to speak to him, take that time to breathe, to refocus, to lay a burden down, to find the strength to carry on. And that brings me back to this Lenten season. Let's each pick something up. Let's add something of value to our lives. Let's set our faces towards the Lord and do the important work of discipleship, learning to appreciate the unknowns of life while simultaneously we do those things we know we are called to do. Things for the good of all, like share generously with others, love and care for our neighbor as we would hope others would love and care for us, personal things as well, like set aside time with and for Jesus so we can know his strength more fully, his comfort and courage more completely so that we are ready for whatever the day brings and able to fulfill God's hope for us to live into each day's promise. Because to do these things, these discipleship things, these Lenten discipline things, To do these I'm going to follow Jesus type things will improve each of our days. To do these things could in fact change our life. To do these things are to be the follower of Christ that we see ourselves to be. In the name of the good Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God for the blessings of this family of faith. Thanks be to God and amen. And now let us continue our worship through the gift of music. i 
so very much. Thanks again. It is wonderful to have such talented and generous folks as part of this family of faith uh, to lead us in song, to open our hearts to the presence of the Lord. Now, friends, so that our hearts, minds, souls, and beings might be open to all that Christ calls us to be and do, let us receive God's holy blessing. May the hope and love of Christ, may the grace of God the Good Father, and may the communion and presence and guidance of the Holy Spirit be with you now, be with you always. Thanks be to God and amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Christian